0: Welcome to Cars, Trucks, and Bucks on TalkZone.com, the show that's dedicated to saving you money
1: on buying and
0: owning a vehicle. Now, here's your host, Rick Popley.
1: Welcome to Cars, Trucks, and Bucks, where each week we help you make smarter choices about buying and owning a vehicle and hopefully save money. Hello, everybody. I'm Rick Popley, your host and proprietor. Thanks for joining me, and I hope you'll be a regular visitor. Today, we will talk about keeping kids safe in cars. My guests will be Jennifer Geiger and Jennifer Newman, editors at Cars.com. Both are certified child passenger safety technicians who can help you choose the right seat for your child and advise you on how to correctly install them. Though every parent may think they're doing it right, Research shows that as many as 3 out of 4 kids are in the wrong seat, or the seat they're in is incorrectly installed. We will find out why and where you can find help when we discuss keeping your kids safe in cars. Before we get started on that, here is this week's auto news you might be able to use. The 2014 Jeep Cherokee SUV should arrive at dealerships later this month, reviving a well-known Jeep name that has been dormant since 2001. The new Cherokee seats five and replaces the Liberty and Jeep's lineup, and it stays true to the Jeep heritage by being off-road capable. Engine choices are a 2.4-liter four-cylinder or a 3.2-liter V6. Both will come with a nine-speed automatic transmission. Yes, a nine-speed automatic. It is the first Jeep to be built on a Fiat platform. Fiat owns a controlling interest in Chrysler, and a Dodge Dart also is based on Fiat architecture. Prices started just under $24,000, including the destination charge. The previous Cherokee debuted for 1984, and it started the transformation of SUVs from trucks designed for off-road use to mainstream family vehicles. About 30% of new vehicles sold today are some form of SUV. The Nissan Rogue also is being redesigned for 2014. Dimensions on the new Rogue haven't changed much, so it will still be a compact SUV. But on the inside, a third row of seats will be a new option. That will make the Rogue one of the smallest, if not the smallest, seven-passenger SUV. The Rogue competes with smaller SUVs such as the Ford Escape, Honda CR-V, Hyundai Tucson, and Toyota RAV4, all of which seat 5. Sales should begin in November, and the base price of 23350 is nearly $2,200 more than a 2013 Rogue. Volkswagen is going green, big time. VW said at the Frankfurt, Germany Auto Show that by next year, it will have 14 vehicles with alternative drive systems, either hybrid or electric. Long-term, that could grow to as many as 40 green models. One of those new green models will be the e-Golf, an electric version of the Golf hatchback, due in the U.S. next year as a 2015 model. The e-Golf will use lithium-ion batteries that give it a 118-mile range by European standards. By U.S. measurements, That translates to roughly 75 miles of electric range, about the same as a Nissan LEAF. Until recently, Volkswagen promoted diesel engines over hybrids and EVs, so this is a major strategy shift. When Volkswagen talks about future hybrids and EVs, it is including its Audi and Porsche brands, so all those green vehicles won't wear the VW badge. And this just in today from Green Car Reports The Nissan Leaf electric car is now part of Nissan's certified pre-owned program, so it will qualify for an extended warranty like other certified pre-owned Nissans. And that is this week's auto news you might be able to use. Next week is Child Passenger Safety Week, sponsored by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Several organizations will participate with events such as child seat checks where parents can find out if they are using the right seat for their uh, child's size and age and whether it is correctly installed. Using the right uh, child seat sounds like a no-brainer, but apparently it's not that easy. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says three out of four kids are either in the wrong seat or the seat isn't properly installed, or in the best location in the vehicle. Joining me by phone to talk about this are Jennifer Geiger and Jennifer Newman of Cars.com, an automotive information site based in Chicago. Jennifer Geiger is Cars.com's news editor, and Jennifer Newman is the assistant managing editor. Both are certified child passenger safety technicians, meaning they are trained in installing and inspecting child seats. They also conduct the Cars.com car seat checks, in which they find out how well child seats fit in every vehicle that Cars.com tests at its Chicago office. Welcome to the show, Jennifer and Jennifer.
2: Thank
1: you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, Jenny Newman, let me start by asking you, why is it so hard for so many parents to find the right seat for their child and then install it correctly
3: you know
0: the problem is is there are so many variables to car seats um, you know you can install a car seat using the latch system or using a seat belt and right there is one area where you could run into where parents could run into problems another is you know making sure that your child is in the correct seat for their height and their weight um, making that sure that seat is positioned correctly and then on top of that, there's even um, things like making sure that the uh, one of the harness clips is, you know, connected at the right spot on the child, making sure that the child isn't um, wrapped in a bulky coat or, wearing, or with a, you know, giant blanket wrapped around them, which would affect the way that the um, car seat protects them. So there's so many variables and ways that, you know, a car seat can be installed or used incorrectly. It's, it's really pretty tough for parents to get it right especially the first time with that first kid
1: <laughs> right Jennifer Geiger uh, uh, Jenny Newman mentioned all the variables in the seats themselves and latch systems are different vehicles just better suited for carrying child seats
4: most definitely uh, when we do our car seat checks we really take a close look at how the latch system is set up so the two anchors usually there's you know two sets of anchors in the outboard seats. And we take a close look at where those anchors are. Are they buried deep within the seat bites? Are they, you know, exposed? Are they under pop-up plastic covers? Um, Are the seat cushions really firm so parents aren't able to actually get back there? Um, Yeah, definitely um, the type of car, the type of latch system really impacts um, a parent's ability to install the the seat correctly. Um, We also take a look at things like, you know, is the seat really bolstered? A lot of times things like seat bolsters um, will kind of pop a, a child's seat out and make it sit at a weird angle. Um, you know, different types of head restraints affect fit. There are um, a lot of different types of things that we, we take a look at when we install child seats.
1: Mm-hmm. When, when I think, believe both of you uh, participate in public child seat uh, checks, and when you do that, what are some of the things you see parents doing wrong or what they're having problems with?
4: Um, I, I can uh, I can tell a, a kind of scary story. One of my first um, public car seat checks, the uh, the lady pulled up in a car and she had about a five or six day old infant with her. In a it was in the correct seat. The baby was in a rear facing infant seat. Um, it was installed very incorrectly. The mother had taken the latch uh, hook and had connected it to the seat frame. Actually, you know the. the the subframe of the car rather than the latch system. So that, that car seat was in, in just completely incorrectly, and she, she actually had never heard of latch before and had never seen, you know, the latch anchor. So I think just familiarizing yourself with your car and its equipment um, is a big step.
1: Jenny uh, Newman, um, how helpful are owner's manuals in, in vehicles? I mean, is that a must-read or, or not?
0: Absolutely. It's a must-read to read not only your car's owner's manual, but also your car seat owner's manual. And in fact, when you go to a car seat check, you know, one of the things that the um, technicians need are both of those manuals, and they will sit down with you and sort of read them together and um, make sure that, you know, if the the automaker has any special instructions as to installing a car seat, that it's done the right way. Um, So, yeah, it's really important, and parents really need to take that extra step and read this stuff. I know it's a little dry, but it's very important. (laughs) And Uh, and often when, when Jenny and I are doing car seat checks, we actually pull
4: out the manual for whatever car we're working in just to make sure we are, you know, we're using the correct tether anchor. Sometimes cargo hooks in the back of an SUV look like the tether anchors. So just to clarify everything, we'll pull out the owner's manual, and we will figure it all
1: out. Holy so cow. Can, People who read owner's anything. manuals.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Crazy. <Yeah.
1: laughs> when all else fails, read the instructions that came with the code..: right. That's um, actually it. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer, uh, where did you uh, get your training to be certified, and what did it entail?
4: So to get certified, you go through a program um, that Safe Kids administers. Safe Kids is a global kid safety organization. Um, so they're the certifying body. They you know provide the materials, the test materials and the study materials. Um, I actually took the course at a police department. Um, a lot of law enforcement organizations are partners with Safe Kids. Um, so is like the Department of Transportation and Secretary of State. So they partner with a lot of different organizations. Um to make sure there are techs in, you know, in the area, in the neighborhood. Um, and they, you know, we use those facilities. So mine was at, um, like, the Joliet Police Department, I believe.
1: Hmm. Okay. How many hours does this involve?
4: It was 40 hours. So it was a, a full, solid week of, you know, not only instruction with um, a teacher, but also hands-on instruction. So we had a variety of different car seats, and there are, just a ton of different, not only, you know, styles of seats, but brands of seats, um, and then a lot of different cars. So we experienced a lot of different types of back seats, some with latch anchors, some without latch anchors, some with really old seat belts. Um, so we did, you know, hands-on, and then we did classroom, and then there was a test. So it was it was a full week of training.
1: Explain, uh, Jenny, explain the cars.com car seat check, how you do it, what you do.
0: We've we've been doing this car seat check now for a couple of years, and what we do is we tend to get about four to six um, test cars into our Chicago headquarters every, let's say, every one to two weeks. And, you know, of those four to six cars, maybe three or four of them are suitable for our car seat check. And so we take these cars and um, we're we looking at the latch system. You know, we're looking at ease of use. And then we're also... um, installing three three types of car seats in them. So the rear-facing infant, the convertible seat, which we install both rear-facing and forward-facing, and then a high-back booster seat. And what we're doing is we're looking for any um, problems in these cars that are going to cause problems for parents. Something as simple as, you know, a floppy seat belt buckle, which falls behind the booster seat and therefore makes it difficult for your young child to buckle up independently. Do something like a fixed head restraint that pushes your um, forward-facing convertible, you know, off the seat cushion. So we're we're just we're basically trying to help the parents out and caretakers and point out what works and what doesn't work in these cars. Well,
1: uh, you said that you pick vehicles that are suitable for a car mm-hmm. seat. Uh, what what would not be suitable?
0: <laughs> well, I. <laughs> I <laughs> For a while there, we were doing everything with a back seat. And there were some times where it was nearly impossible to get into the back of the car. Let's uh, say like um, a sports car, like the BRC. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: <know>. Subaru, Subaru <laughs> BRC.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So after a while, we decided that we would narrow our scope just a little bit and I really see. concentrate on those family cars.
1: Right. I, I, I can recall, this is going back 20 years, uh, wrestling to get a uh, child seat into the rear seat of something like a mitsubishi eclipse oh my
4: gosh yes. i know
1: and give and giving up and have my uh, yes. son ride in the front seat you know, so, oh, so. okay uh listen we, we have to take a uh, short break here but um when we come back we'll continue our discussion with jenny newman and jennifer geiger of cars.com keeping kids safe in cars
0: Welcome back to Cars, Trucks, and Bucks on TalkZone.com. Here's Rick Popley.
1: Hello, everyone. My guests today are Jennifer Newman and Jennifer Geiger of Cars.com. They are certified child passenger safety technicians and the editors who conduct car seat checks on the vehicles at Cars.com tests. We're talking about keeping kids safe in cars today, and that is because Next week is Child Passenger Safety Week, a national event that focuses on child seats and other matters pertaining to child safety in vehicles. Saturday, September 21st, is National Seat Check Saturday. On that day, parents can get free seat checks at locations around the country to find out if they have the right seat for their child and if it is correctly installed. Many organizations are participating in this event and providing information on where you can find these seat check locations, including Cars.com, Safe Kids, Kids in Cars, CarSeat.org, and others. If you're a parent, a parent-to-be, or a grandparent, you should find a location near you, bring your seats and your kids, and make sure you're doing it right. That's National Seat Check Saturday on September 21st. And if you have a question or comment for my guests, The phone lines are open. You can call 888-463-6748. That's 888-463-6748. Jenny Newman, I just mentioned uh, National Seat Check Saturday, a -a Uh once-a-year event. But parents can get free uh, car seat checks throughout the year, can't they?
0: Absolutely. The car seat checks are free. Um, and really, it's just a matter of finding one in your um, area. And the easiest way to do that is to go to safercar.gov on the web, and you can put in your area code, and, or sorry, zip code, and find the car seat check that's going to be nearest you. Um, you can also call your local police station or fire department station and find out if they have any technicians on staff who can take a look at your car seat, too.
1: Okay. And... Um Jennifer Geiger, I, my guess is that you've uh, installed dozens, if not hundreds, of car seats. And um, roughly how long does it take you to do one, and to, or does the time vary by the vehicle?
4: I would, I would err on the side of hundreds, definitely, first of all. <laughs> okay. um, not only do Jenny and I do them at work, but I also um, I have a three-year-old at home, and I test drive two to three cars a week myself. So I am putting my own forward-facing convertible in every single test car as well. Um, so that kind of doubles the load. So I I've see. Gotten, I, yes, I've gotten pretty quick at it, but it really all depends on the car. I mean, if you have a coupe where, you know, the room is there, forward-facing convertibles don't take up very much leg room, so the room is there, but the latch anchors are buried or the tether anchor is completely hidden, you know, it can be several minutes if it's a system where the latch anchors are exposed and the tether anchors, you know, just behind the headrest, you click it, you're all good. You you check it, you know, you're, you you shake it. It's not supposed to move more than an inch side to side. That's about 30 seconds. Um, so it, it really just depends.
1: But it can stretch out to 10 there, 15 you know, minutes.
4: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. We've had Jenny 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 and I've had some head scratchers where we start the <laughs> install, something looks a little strange, we go to the owner's manual Maybe I can't get it, so she comes in the back seat and tries to, you know, tries a new angle. So I would say, you know, 10 to 15 minutes at the high end. Um, and we've actually revamped how we do our car seat checks. So we give each seat a grade in the car. So if it were, you know, if, if something doesn't fit because of leg room mm-hmm. or the latch anchors are buried or, or it's complicated, you know, it'll get a C or a D. Um and you know the, the ones that are easy to install with plenty of room, we give them A's and B's. So we've kind of simplified um, what what a car, what grade a car gets.
1: Okay. Uh, and and you test one particular type of booster seat, one type of convertible, and one type of uh, rear facing infancy, correct?
4: Correct. And yes. we've um, we've kind of just picked the most popular ones. Okay. We get new seats about every year. Um, and we, we kind of let the market dictate what seats we purchase. So we have, um, we have very popular car seats
1: that okay. we're using this year. And if, if, uh, if uh, parents are using a different brand of seat, they might get different results in the same vehicle?
4: Definitely. Um, seats vary depending on how deep they are um, and how wide they are. So we actually get um, one of our most popular stories. Is um, which cars fit three car seats in the second row? Mm. Um, so if you use a very narrow car seat, um, I think Sunshine Radiant is when we always people always email us and say they were able to squeeze three of those in a lot of different vehicles. So if you use a narrow seat like that, your results will be different from ours. Um, but again, ours are using the, the popular seat.
1: Okay, uh, hey, I want to uh, just uh, uh, take a little. Uh, pause here, because we have a caller on the line that I'd like to bring in. Uh, It's Stephanie Tombrello, I believe, from an organization called CarSeat.org. Stephanie, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you very much. The name of our organization is Safety Belt Safe USA, Mm -hmm. and uh, we've been around since 1980, and I've been doing this since 1970, so I really enjoyed hearing the two Jennifers and their comments uh, very much on on target.
1: You know, <laughs>
3: thank one you. Of,
1: <laughs> one of the things that that uh, uh, during this discussion I'm realizing is that how many things could go wrong, and I have to think back. I wonder how many things I did wrong.
3: I think if you, know, you are a typical parent, yes. and most of us are, you made errors. Um, mm-hmm. They were errors of choice. They were errors of usage. Um, And the other wonderful thing is that the product lines have changed considerably over time, and now things that we knew back in 1970, we can actually tell the public, you can find a product to do this, which is very important. For example, the Swedes have had their kids rear-facing for three to five years for the last 40-some years, but it's only in the last five years or so that we could say confidently, any seat that you purchase that is the rear-facing seat will give you the opportunity to keep your child rear-facing for a minimum of two years and many of them for three or four, because now there's actually one safety seat that goes to 50 pounds facing the rear. Back then, we didn't even have a seat that went to 50 pounds facing forward. So Children today can be more properly protected than uh, in
1: 1970. Uh, Jennifer uh, Geiger, l- let me ask you this, and maybe, uh, Jenny, you can jump in too, but um, was there a change in recent years where it went uh, the rear-facing seat from one to two years?
4: Yes. Um, about a year and a half ago, I believe it was, <clears throat> Excuse me. the American Academy of Pediatrics came out with a study and with a recommendation that it is much safer for kids to remain rear-facing well past the one year, the prior one year recommendation. Um, In a crash, the rear-facing position will cradle and support the head and neck much better than the forward-facing seat. So um, I, I feel like this information has taken a long time to trickle out because I have friends and family who, you know, they flip their baby around right after one year and it's much safer to keep them rear-facing, and our caller is right. The products um, out there are being made for heavier weights and taller kids, so the rear-facing, you know, rear-facing setup can, can happen for longer.
1: One, so one, one, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry, go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say one thing to note on that as well is that a lot of parents are um, resistant leaving their child rear-facing for two years or even longer because they are concerned that, you know their legs are folded up um, under them, and so I think it's a it's a matter of education. But it's really good to point out to parents that you know kids are flexible and they sit with their legs crossed all the time. You know, <laughs> and and riding in a car like this is in a rear facing position is so much safer for them. It's going to protect them so much more in a crash than if they were in the forward facing position. So they're really not in to hurt. And, and one of my instructors made a really good safer. point because she and
3: said that she hears that, this complaint um, constantly the, from parents that their kids aren't comfortable because they're so tall. And she said
4: good. that, um, you know, a broken leg in a in a crash, if your kid's legs are smushed up against the seat, a broken leg heals. Much easier and it's much better situation than a broken neck or a broken back.
1: Okay, me, a let me let me just uh, throw out this question, uh, Stephanie. You can start on this. Is that what are some guidelines as to uh, when it's time to turn the seat around or switch to a different type of seat, maybe up to a booster seat? Is it size, weight, or both, or age?
3: It's, it's all three, and it's extremely important to look at what is best for your child. I would tell a pregnant couple expect to use safety seats for at least 10 years. All the data show that children do not fit in safety belts um, until they're between 10 and 12 years old. And part of that is development, but a lot of it is the way the cars are made. The data show that the rear seats of vehicles are too deep for 24% of adults and 83% of children. We've developed the five-step test so anyone can tell whether a child needs a booster seat in the back seat um, or whether that they actually fit. And from our data, we don't even show half of the children at 10 fitting. Um, as far as rear-facing versus forward-facing, uh, as you heard that I've, we certainly support as long as possible, but when you do turn the seat forward, it's very important that you use the top tether. Whether you use the safety belt or the latch bars, uh, that's that's a choice. Uh, you use the one that fits well, and many times, if you want the child in the center, the vehicle will not permit you to use the latch bars, but you can get a good fit because all the vehicles with latch also have uh, locking belts. Um, stay with that harness seat until the child's shoulders are above the top harness slots, and that will vary with from one seat to another. There's some that go as high as 90 pounds forward-facing with a harness. And then don't think of a booster seat until you're really getting close to school or possibly sometime in the first year or two because the seats with harnesses go much higher and they'll be in a booster seat until, you know, they're, they fit, which is 10 to 12. And let me just once put a plug in for the back seat. Uh, I heard your problem with the Mitsubishi Eclipse. I certainly appreciate it. But um, the back seat is 40% safer. And the latest data show that for developmental reasons, kids should be in the back seat until they're 15 and getting ready to, to learn to drive.
1: Okay. Thank you, uh, uh, Stephanie. That's Stephanie Tombrello of carseat.org. Oh. Thanks for your call. Thank you. And. Um, uh, Jenny, I believe you have a son that's 10 right now. I do.
0: I have a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old.
1: And the 10-year-old is in a booster, or what's the situation?
0: Well, actually, he is recently out of his booster, much to his relief. Ah. Um, he's been asking. <laughs> it's really no fun when your mom is a car seat technician <laughs> and knows the rules really well. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> he's
0: been asking for quite a while to get out of his booster seat but i wouldn't let him do that until so he was four feet nine inches tall
2: mm-hmm. which
0: is the recommended height um you know that a seat belt will fit a child properly so he recently got out of his booster seat now his next campaign is to try to get into the front passenger seat and again, <laughs> it's rough being my kid because i will not let him do it until you know i was saying until age 13. But frankly, after listening to Stephanie, I'm thinking 15. (laughs)
4: Um,
0: But it's really important to keep those kids out of the front passenger seat. You know, they, if you're in a crash, those airbags, which protect adults can really do damage to children. And so, you know, it's important for parents to know that if you have to put your child in the front seat for whatever reason, um, and if you can't disable that front airbag, you really should push the front passenger seat all the way back, as far back as possible. Um, You know, hopefully keep that trip short. But, yeah, definitely keep your kids out of the front seat and definitely keep them in boosters for as long as possible.
1: Okay. We have to take another break here, and when we come back, we will continue our discussion on keeping kids safe in cars. Stay with us.
0: Now, more cars, trucks, and box on TalkZone.com with your host, Rick Popley.
1: Welcome back. We're talking today about keeping kids safe in cars. My guests are Jennifer Geiger and Jennifer Newman of Cars.com, an automotive information site that covers all aspects of buying and owning vehicles. They are the editors who conduct the car seat checks on all the vehicles at Cars.com tests and they are certified child passenger safety technicians. If you have a question or comment, the phone lines are open. Call us at 888-463-6748. Again, that's 888-463-6748. Jennifer Geiger, before the break, uh, we were talking about keeping kids in the back seat, and um, I believe it's the, it's a recommendation from the federal government, that you uh, keep them there until they're 13. Not a regulation, correct?
4: Yes, that's a recommendation. Um, I think it's, it's just based on, you know, safety information. Um, I think different states have different laws for right. when kids, you know, need to be in boosters, get out of boosters, um, but it is an overall recommendation. And it's it's one made by the American Academy of Pediatrics as well.
1: Okay, yeah. I just uh, my recollection is that, That recommendation came out when my son was about 10 or 11 years old, and he had already been sitting in the front seat for a while. Wow. You can imagine the complaining when we told him, no, you have to move back. Right, we we don't right. think that left permanent scars, but
2: no. <laughs> yeah, you never that's know. Funny. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's funny.
1: Yeah. Well, it's especially difficult when kids get to that age of around ten or so, and 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 you know their friends start riding in the front seats. And say hey, they can do it. Right. You know? yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. That's that's exactly me, that actually reminds me. Hearing.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That uh, actually reminds me of when I turned my three-year-old uh, car seat forward. I actually did that when she was about a year, and then the recommendation changed, so I turned it back to rear-facing. So she got, like, a glimpse of the world (laughs) facing the right way for about a day, and that just threw her
0: whole world into a turmoil.
1: (laughs) It's tough being a kid sometimes. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Um, uh, Jennifer, you mentioned uh, the different state laws. Uh, Where can you go to find out what the laws are in your state?
4: You know, there's two really good sources. We like to use IIHS. Um, If you go to IIHS.org, it's it's the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, a not-for-profit organization that studies um, crash tests and general safety findings. Um, So they have a whole bunch of information from um, state recommendations to um, booster ratings. They actually look at ease of use um, for across different types of boosters um, and put out an annual list. Um, The other place is is the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, NHTSA, um, and their website is safercar.gov. They actually have a little microsite called The Right Seat, where you can find all sorts of information um, about car seat regulations and recommendations.
1: Okay. And we've been talking uh, primarily about car seats here, but um, uh, it also has come up that different vehicles are more or less accommodating for car seats. What advice do you have for parents or parents-to-be who have children um, and, you know, will need a vehicle that they use for several years in different kinds of car seats? How do you find out which vehicle is the right tool for the job?
4: You know, the best thing, and I'm in the middle of this this conversation right now with my sister. She has two kids, and she's driving a, a Volvo XC90 and uh, she wants to downsize. She has a three-year-old and a six-month-old.
2: Mm-hmm. And
4: the best advice I could give her is to bring your stroller, bring your car seat to the dealership, and before your test drive, put all of your gear in the car and actually see how it would, you know, how it would be like to live with this car. Um, she wanted to downsize to a mini Countryman, so a, a kind of a compact crossover, and her stroller wouldn't wouldn't fit. So it's, ah. it's really important. To, you know, And with a six-month-old, you're going to be using that stroller for another three years. Um, it's important to to make sure the car fits you for the next several years. Um, and I think that's one great thing about our car seat checks is if your child is in a rear-facing car seat, which takes up a lot more space than a forward-facing car seat, you're going to need a car with a lot of legroom for at least those two years.
1: Right. You know? uh,
4: so this is this is something you need to take into account.
1: Uh As I I mentioned during the news portion at the beginning of the show that SUVs are about three out of ten new vehicles sold. Are SUVs generally good choices, and is that they tend to have a higher ride height than cars? Is that a help or a hindrance?
4: You know, I think a lot of people like to sit up taller because it affects visibility. You can see the road. People can see you. I've also met people who think that that's, that's uncomfortable. It makes them feel like they're driving a big vehicle. So I think a lot of that is, is personal preference. Um, in terms of safety, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety developed a new test, um, the small front overlap test, and it, it, it replicates a very um, common crash. So it's a, a car going about 40 miles per hour, and the front corner of it strikes a rigid barrier. A lot of smaller vehicles are doing well on this test, some larger vehicles doing not so well. Hmm. So,
0: you know, it's not always about size.
1: Well, with an SUV, the uh, uh, getting kids in and out of the rear seats, is the, uh, the easier or harder than, say, in a passenger car?
4: Well, the ride height, you know, the taller ride height, some people love it, but when you go to open the doors and your kids go to climb in, yeah. it can be a hindrance. It can be, you know, pretty tough for small, short legs to climb in. Um, There are a couple of crossovers out there that make it a little bit easier to get to the third row. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: Um, The Infiniti JX and the Nissan Pathfinder, for example, have the smart slide seat. So you can have a forward-facing car seat installed in the second row, and it'll move up on a diagonal track so kids can get to the back seat easily without having to take out that car seat in the second row. So I think a lot of automakers are paying attention to child child safety seats. And just the ergonomics of it, and and them, and, and making families a little bit more comfortable. Um, there, there are some some easy vehicles out there lately.
1: So, mom and dad shouldn't just uh, be the uh, sole deciders of which vehicle <laughs> right. to buy. Yeah.
4: Bring uh, the kids. Bring the stroller. Bring the cars.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They'll love you at the car dealership. <laughs> so what? It's your money.
4: Right. Hey, and Jennifer right.
1: Geiger, I'm I'm going to use the M word here. Minivans. Neither of you have mentioned, (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-oh, how good or how bad are are minivans uh, when you have young children?
4: You know, as a a car reviewer, I also review cars, it's it's hard to get excited about minivans. But as a mom, if I switch hats and I put on my mom hat, um, minivans provide the most room and the most comfort out of any vehicle you can get. We just tested the Honda Odyssey 2014, it got an update for the new year and it um it got A's almost all across the board. Mm. It was roomy, it was comfortable, it's just the best family vehicle in terms of, you know, features, in terms of car seat fits. Um so, you know, if if you're looking for the all-around family vehicle, I would strongly consider a minivan. Crossovers are comfortable, but you're not going to get the cargo room that you're going to get in a minivan. You're not going to get the family-friendly features all of them. And again.
0: you're also not you're also not going to get the roomy third row. For a lot of these yeah. crossovers, you know, you're, you're really sacrificing, um, the comfort of whoever, whoever sits in the third row, which often is the kids, and they often don't have enough legroom. So, you know, I, I know that a lot of people don't want to even test drive the minivan, but it's really worth their time to at least see what they could possibly get into.
1: Okay, uh, uh, we had one child, so our excuse was, "Hey, we don't need that much room." <laughs> 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 but, but besides that, we didn't want to become the uh, neighborhood bus. You know, yeah. oh, you have a minivan. You, why don't you drive?
4: There's, yeah, there's definitely a stigma, and yes, I agree.
1: Okay, and and uh, uh, cars, uh, in some respects, or they uh, are becoming smaller, or smaller cars are becoming more popular. Uh, I think both of you live in the city of Chicago. Do you manage yeah. with passenger cars, or how do you get around with children?
0: Um, well, for a while there, I've owned, I've actually owned three cars in the course of 18 months lately. Um, <laughs> I keep trading with my parents, but I had a Nissan Versa hatchback, which has a gigantic back seat, and so it it was never a problem to, you know, put car seats in it or to haul kids, home my older kid around and it never an issue and then we switched with my father and started driving his honda fit and suddenly leg room became a real issue so it was interesting to see how these two hatchbacks handled you know back seat room um and and how it affected my kids as far as comfort and after driving the honda fit for a while we just bought a um 2013 subaru outback so we we've just given up and gone straight to a wagon and (laughs) my husband is thrilled um it fits everything. The kids have enough space, and we have enough cargo space, which was a huge problem for us lately. So that's what we're driving in the city, and it, it works well, but we don't park on the street very often. We have parking off the
1: street, so oh. we're lucky
0: in that respect.
1: Jennifer Geiger, how about you?
0: Yes. I also live
4: downtown, and I do not own a car.
1: So oh, put, my gosh.
4: Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: Good for I you. I have
4: my uh, car seat in every test car that I drive. And that's actually part of my review. I evaluate, you know, how family-friendly is this. I go grocery shopping with it. I do errands with it, um, with, generally with my daughter in tow. So that's, that's something that I, I use for my reviews. What works best for me as a city mom is something like the, um, the Nissan Versa Note. It's a compact, you know, it's a compact size, but the back seat is not compact at all. It really just depends. I was in the Fiat 500L the other day, so the stretched version of it, the compact Fiat, and that's another one that you wouldn't think would be a good family car. But if you get inside, it's got a huge back seat. It's got a decent cargo area. So I have I have to balance maneuverability with you know room, basically. Right. Since I live downtown, right? Uh, How, I do a lot of a, a lot of street parking. Yet I also you know have to cart around a lot of you know, groceries and kid stuff.
1: Right. How how do either of you like or dislike driving SUVs in the city?
4: I think a lot of it depends on turning circle. I have driven SUVs that seem very small but have a very large turning circle. So when you're backing into a parking spot or when you're, you know, kind of clipping down one-way streets, they're not very maneuverable, which makes them, you know, difficult to drive. Then you get a minivan with a pretty tight turning circle. And you're like, wow, this is a much bigger vehicle, but it's more maneuverable, so it's easier to drive. So it really just depends on the setup of the vehicle.
1: Right. Um, Jenny, uh, with your two children, um, uh, you did get by for a while with a Fit, a Honda Fit, a really small car.
0: I did. (laughs) Not well? (laughs) Barely? You know, barely. Barely. (laughs) Okay.
1: So, like
0: it was a, it was a fun little car to drive
1: right I'll say but, that much. but room uh, should be a consideration uh, if you have more than one
0: absolutely and you know even if you have one room that back seat should really be a consideration and you know not just how does the car seat fit but also for my family it's a lot of um, you know, are there storage cubbies? Are there places ah. that the kids can stash their books and their Lego figures and and stuff like that? Because with kids comes a lot of stuff, even oh. when they're older. Right. So you know, that was something that we really realized as we were looking around again for a car and. Um, and the Outback
1: won us one over, basically. Right. Uh, their toys get bigger as they get older <laughs> until they become teenagers, and then it's just a smartphone. Course, <laughs> right, yeah. All right. lose. <laughs> yeah, we have to pause for one more break. Uh, and when we come back, we'll continue talking with Jennifer Newman and Jennifer Geiger of Cars.com about keeping kids safe in cars.
0: This is Cars, Trucks, and Bucks on
1: TalkZone.com.
0: Back to Rick Popley.
1: Welcome back, everyone. My guests today are Jennifer Geiger and Jennifer Newman. They are editors at Cars.com and certified child passenger safety technicians. They also perform the car seat checks on the vehicles that Cars.com tests. You can find their car seat checks under the Kicking Tires blog on cars.com and if you have a question or a comment the phone lines are open call us at 888-463-6748 that is 888-463-6748 um, both uh, jennifers in case um, someone wants to contact you after the show uh, they can do that by email
4: Sure. Yeah, this is uh, this is Jennifer Geiger. You can reach me at jgeiger at cars.com. Um, and we actually get a lot of questions about
0: our car seats and our car seat checks, so I'll be happy to answer those.
1: Okay. And Jennifer Newman? And
0: my email is dash jnewman N-E-W-M-A-N, at cars.com. Yeah, and people should feel free to ask um, any sort of question regarding car seats or help you know, if they need help finding a car that can fit three car seats across the back seat, you know, we're happy to help point them in a, in a direction. Um, the other day I got an email from a man who wanted to know what latch anchors were and were they the holes in his seat. So, you know, he clearly, <laughs> clearly had not read his car manual and so I sent him, he, he told me what kind of car he had and so we happened to have Photos of the latch anchors in that car, and so I I sent him a picture that we had and asked if those were the holes he was talking about, and sure enough, it was. And so you know, we're we're really happy to take the time. It might take a day or two for us to get the answers for you know whoever emails us, but we're happy to help.
1: Okay, um, when we were uh, we were talking about vehicles before the break, um, do either of you have any thoughts on? rear visibility in a lot of cars today, and and whether the backup cameras uh, are a big help on that.
0: You know, I, I
4: was just – actually, Jenny and I were just talking about this yesterday. We're in a Jeep Patriot, 2014 Jeep Patriot right now, and it's got gigantic outboard fixed head restraints in the second row, mm-hmm. and it does not have a backup camera. So we park in a, a parking garage next to our office, and, it, I, you know, I just kind of felt half-blind. You know, I I couldn't, I couldn't see backing up. It it was kind of tough. So I do, I almost rely on them actually because they are becoming so common. And then on top of that, if you have a car with poor visibility,
0: it's just, it's, it's super helpful.
1: Jenny, anything to add? Well,
0: you you know, what struck me as I'm test driving cars is um, not only the backup camera and how important it is. I think it's great not only, um, I think it's great for older drivers as well. I'm encouraging my own parents to consider. Adding that feature in cars that they're looking at, um, because you know it's harder for them to turn around and, and get a good look behind them anymore. But I also like um, blind spot blind spot warning systems. Um, you know, as I'm driving larger cars down city streets, it's it's nice to know that I have a little backup plan, and there's there's a system in there that's kind of keeping an eye on on what's going around. Me, especially in cars that have, you know, really large C-pillars in the back and you can't really see behind you very well.
1: Right, C-pillars being the rear ones.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> car talk. Too
0: technical. Uh, too technical. <laughs> um,
1: the, a requirement for backup cameras was on the table with the uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. In fact, still is, I believe. But it keeps getting delayed as it a was. standard. It was.
4: Correct. They recommended it, and it, it did not go through. It, it keeps getting delayed. A lot of automakers are actually implementing it before the, the mandate goes into effect. Right. Honda, for example, has a standard backup camera across its entire lineup. Um, other automakers who are doing redesigns, um, like the Toyota RAV4, for example, now has a standard backup camera. So they're, they're following suit.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, Jenny, um, kids do the darnest things, including... <laughs> including they keep growing, and uh, they grow out of the child seat that you own, so you have to go buy another one. What are some of the the price ranges that you face as you move to uh, convertible seats and then boosters?
0: Oh, my goodness. You know, it's it's all (laughs) over the place. Um, You know, you can find a convertible car seat for as little as $50, um, and you can find it for several hundred dollars. And, of course, the the higher the price, the more fancy the gizmos and, and everything that go with it. One thing that parents should keep in mind is that all of these car seats are, they meet federal safety requirements. And so the $50 car seat is just as good at protecting your child as the $300 car seat. Um, so, you know, it, it's really important to not think that, the more I pay, the safer my child is going to be. Um, and then, you know, with booster seats, it's the same thing. You can get into a booster seat for $35 or even less if you choose a booster seat that's just the seat bottom and not the mm-hmm. um, high back. But, again, you can also pay a lot more money, you know, hundreds of dollars, again, for a booster seat. Um, one thing parents also need to know is that all of these car seats have expiration dates on them. Ah. So if you paid hundreds, of, hundreds and hundreds of dollars for your car seat, and then five years later you suddenly have you know a, a new infant and you're just going to use that old expensive car seat that you bought, it's probably not safe anymore because these car seats are going through extreme heat and heat and cold conditions, and that affects that hard plastic shell. And, you know, it makes it more likely to crack in a crash. So it's really important to replace your car seats occasionally. A, <laughs> Which is not what parents want to hear.
1: <laughs> right. It's a, it's a, well, I mean, you do. If you have younger kids, you uh, know, more children, you just hang on to it. Yeah. And, uh, or you pass it down to friends or relatives. But it's a five year, um, freshness date?
0: It, t- it depends on the car seat manufacturer, but it, it tends to be five. Some are longer. But really, that's just something that parents should pay attention to. There is an expiration date on their car seats and it should be on, um, on a sticker somewhere on the car seat, usually on the side. And then another thing, of course, parents should know is really it shouldn't take hand-me-down car seats. Um, you should buy new because you want to know the history of that car seat. Uh-huh. And so when you buy new, you, uh, you know where it's been. Whereas if you pick up a car seat at a thrift shop or something, mm-hmm. You don't know if it's been in a crash. You don't know if it's been compromised in any way. So it's, it's really important to just spend a little money on that really important safety measure. Okay. Oh, also, um, recalls are, are important oh. to check for too. Um, just like
4: cars, car seats are recalled by the manufacturer for safety defects. So when you buy your new car seat, there's a form in there that you fill out and you mail back to the manufacturer that is registering the seat to you. So if something happens, the manufacturer will call you and say, you know, don't use this seat. This is what's going on. And that actually happened today with about 80,000 car seats. Um, there was a big recall that we posted on our, our blog today. Um, so if your car seat is not registered, if you forgot to fill out the form, you lost the form, um, you can go to NHTSA, the safercar.gov website,
1: mm-hmm. and register
4: your car seat.
1: Okay, so it's a good reason to register your seat so you, right. you hear about the uh, the recalls. Other right. than, other than, um, uh, recalls and the expiration date, uh, just any, uh, guidelines as to, uh, where to buy, uh, child seats. You know, I, I, I use the example of you buy a bicycle at a big box store, you know, like, a, you know, a sports authority or something like that, and nobody really knows the bike. Does anybody who sells car seats know how to install them or, you know, what's the best? Or you know, our, our I, parents, I, are parents on their own?
4: I kind of think parents need to do the research on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I've never been to a store where there was a certified
1: tech on (laughs)
4: staff, you know, giving you advice and installing your seat.
0: I will say that um, here in Chicago, there are a few boutique baby stores that um, might have a car seat tech on staff. When I went through training, there was, um, I was, one of the people who was also training with me, they were working for a baby store, and so they were getting certified so that they could help parents. But, I you see. know, really, it is on the parents, and it it's because of that it's really important to take that car seat and find a car seat station, um, a check station that can inspect the job that you're doing on installing it.
1: You know, I, I I get the feeling that uh, any parent, even if they are convinced they have done everything right, that it would probably pay or be worthwhile for them to go to a car seat check just to find out.
4: You know, the Absolutely. peace of mind. Yeah, the peace of mind is worth it. One little misstep could, you know, create a chain of events that that results in a, a big safety issue. So the the seat checks are free. They don't take very long. Um, it's definitely worth it.
1: Okay. All right. Well, this has been great. Um, my, my thanks to both uh, Jennifer Newman and Jennifer Geiger of Cars.com for this very informative discussion on child passenger safety. And again, next week is Child Passenger Safety Week, and there is a National Seat Check Day on Saturday, September 21st. Thanks to both of you again. Appreciate you being Thank on the you. show.
2: Thank, Thank you, Rick. Well.
1: All right. Take care.
2: Bye-bye.
1: That is all the time we have for this week's episode of Cars, Trucks, and Bucks. Join us next week when the topic will be gas panes. Yes, I'm talking about that burning sensation you get when you fill your tank and you realize you didn't come close to the fuel economy estimates for your vehicle. We will discuss those and other questions when my guest will be John O'Dell, Senior Editor at Edmunds.com, who has covered this topic extensively. Tune in next Thursday when we will provide temporary relief from gas pains. Until then, please visit my website, carstrucksandbucks.com, for more information about next week's show, news updates, and vehicle reviews. My thanks again to today's guests, Jennifer Geiger and Jennifer Newman of cars.com, and thanks to you for listening.